1: Welcome to Hour 3 of Backbone Radio. Yeah, Matt Dunn here, July 24th, 2022. And we're just, boy, just so honored to have had, I kid you not, full lines this entire program. And so I come in literally with 40 audio clips to play. I come in with a gigantic stack of information, and I really haven't been able to get to it because we're just having too much fun. Talking to all the brilliant people out in the Denver metro community, Colorado, and other states. Even I know our podcast has had fifty-seven different countries have even tuned in to our humble little podcast. And yeah, we uh, we pack a big punch for uh, for our slot, which is not considered prime time radio. So honored that anybody tunes in at this non prime time slot here on Sundays, four to seven p.m backbone radio where yeah i just i feel like we are in tune with what's going on and pointing out what's really going on in the world and we're the ones that break through the propaganda and i'm on the phone lines again i just wanted to just mention one thing about uh when when leftists get mad you notice how they call you names they, they're like considered to be like the, they're the nicest ones the ones that don't have the mean tweets they're the ones that are like very politically correct and they're like studiously inoffensive but oh man when you do something that they don't approve of well, you know, Clarence Thomas. They're calling him Uncle Clarence these days. That was trending on Twitter a while back. Remember Myra Flores, the Republican Hispanic woman who, who won as a Republican in uh, South Texas? Well, she has been called by the New York Times a far-right Latina. She's been called not the real deal. She's been called a breakfast taco. She's been called Miss Frijoles. All kinds of names that she has been called by leftists. That's your left for you folks. They, all, you know, they get mad at you. And if minorities are thinking for themselves, well, they're just going to call you all kinds of names. Now, aren't they? And by the way, on the, you know, minority communities vote. You even got Van Jones on CNN saying that. Gosh, in the Trump era, things are worse for Black voters. Things are just worse, and we hit our hopes up so high, but they're worse. Listen to them say this.
0: I think for African American voters in particular. There's a special heartbreak because, first of all, the pain is more intense. Uh, you know, the, the rising uh, gas prices, food prices, it's really walloped the black community in a particular way. And But the hopes were so much higher. And so you have a community that came out in huge numbers in 2018, huge numbers in 2020, expecting things to get a lot better, and instead, economically at least, it didn't come true. It got worse. And so you're going through a summer now of real heartbreak with black voters. The polls show that. And uh, I think Biden's got to take it very seriously.
1: A summer of real heartbreak for black voters, middle class, working class, paying prices at the pump, the entire United States of America. And, you know, again, and I said this around here in real time, going back a couple of years, Trump was doing very well poll wise with African-American voters. And I was like, what are the Democrats going to do? to prevent a problem here for their um, for their voting prospects. And, of course, that's when we had the BLM riots. The people in power want to divide the nation. They want to use identity politics to divide Americans against one another. When Trump was saying, we're all Americans, we are all Americans, we all bleed red, everybody in this country, America first. That's how you unite a country. And you'll notice that the left, they wanted to divide everybody up you got to do identity politics to cut people into little slices and groups so you can control them and manipulate them politically. Isn't that just too bad? And by the way, China are masters of that. You should, looking into the way China gets involved in politics in India and how they try to sow racial divisions and in it's just that's what people in power do to divide people and to get identity and religion and all that stuff in there so that they can be more easily manipulated and controlled. By the way, speaking of name, this isn't name calling, but the new spokesperson for Joe Biden refers to Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas. No, not as Uncle Clarence, but as Justice Thompson.
2: It, sh- it should raise concerns, as we know um, from the Dobbs decision. Uh, one of the things that uh, we saw uh, from uh, from Judge
1: Thompson is that they're looking to go further, uh, uh, whether it's uh, privacy, contraception, or uh, marriage equality. Judge Thompson, Clarence Thomas, has been on the court since I believe 1991 or 1992. And the new spokesperson, press secretary for Joe Biden, refers to him as Judge Thompson. Uh, hmm. so uh, that that's that's really too bad, isn't it? That's that's you did say that's flat out ignorance, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, and I try to and sorry for the people on hold, just keep on hanging on. I just have to work a few things in at the top of the hour. Um, Noam Chomsky is a person who's far left. I've read a whole bunch of his books. I've probably got 40 of his books on the shelf, and I think he's one of these people that is worth reading and worth understanding and worth listening to because he sees through establishments very well, but from a leftist perspective. Um, And he has an interesting thing or two to say about the United States of America um, as it's more corrupt information-wise than is even the Soviet Union pre-Gorbachev.
3: Take the United States today. It is living under a kind of totalitarian culture, which has never existed in my lifetime and is much worse in many ways than the Soviet Union before Gorbachev. Go back to the 1970s.
1: And he goes down the list and he's exactly right. Our mainstream media is worse than Pravda. And that's the thing, is that too many people can't see through it. Too many commentators who should know better can't see through the Pravda Thank goodness we have some people out there who can. And I do say Noam Chomsky's one of them, but I end up disagreeing with a lot of his ultimate conclusions. But just when you think the propaganda is effective and the propaganda is working and all this January 6th stuff, then you get the data come out of Gallup and it says that, you know, Americans' confidence in media plummets to all-time low. And it's like a new low every time they take this poll. Right now, June 2022 – Only 16% of Americans have a great deal, quite a lot of confidence in the newspapers, and uh, only 11% have the same degree of a lot of confidence in TV news. Guess what? These people are spinning their wheels. People are tuning out the propaganda, and thank goodness for that. They want you to feel alone. They want you to feel isolated. They want you to feel like everybody's believing the propaganda, but I'm here to tell you they are not, and you know you are not. You hear a lot of commentators who believe it all, but but you are not. The American people are not. And look at the data on that. The media has blown their credibility, especially over this past decade, lie after lie after lie. And then the thing is, is that they get mad about it. Listen to Brian Stelter on CNN. Oh, oh, the American people don't trust the media. Isn't that bad? The, see how bad the American people are? They don't believe us. They don't trust us. See, they blame you for it. They blame you for not trusting them for printing lies. Isn't that just typical? Anyway, by the way, I wanted to point this out. We used to be energy independent in Trump's America, but Trump said this at his massive packed house rally in Arizona the other night.
0: Just two years ago, we were energy independent. We were even energy dominant. The United States is now a beggar for energy. We're a beggar. Energy.
1: Yes, we are a beggar for energy around the world, begging the Saudis, begging the Venezuelans, and it is just sick. And I tell you, that's bad for our national security. Obviously, it's bad for our middle and working classes, bad for our economy, it's bad for everything. But yet, uh, somehow, maybe the people on top and the Black Rocks and their green energy investment portfolios, they somehow it benefits them. But I'll tell you what, Gina McCarthy, who's an energy advisor to Biden, says
2: this. He's going to make it clear that just because Congress couldn't get it done, he is going to move forward with every power available to him to make the change and the shift to clean energy.
1: Yeah, we're going to abandon fossil fuels. And Biden doesn't care what's going on in the world and in the economy. And he's going to get rid of those fossil fuels. Good job, Biden and uh, yeah, I mean, i we, we told you, Trump told you this is what was going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. And um, oh, one more, uh, you know, gas prices have dropped just a little bit, just a little bit in the past week. And, uh, you know, Biden takes credit if they go down, but if they go up, it has nothing to do with Biden, right? I think it both ways, Jared, because when the gas prices go up, it's got nothing to do with the president. When we see some decline, you want him to get the credit.
0: Uh look I think that uh that that uh it, it,
4: there's there's no both way thinking here at all. I think that uh there has been uh, a
1: consistent uh uh, uh I think pressure on, on this uh, White House to try to do everything it could uh, to ameliorate inflationary pre- Anyway, that's Jared Bernstein who's the spokesperson for Biden. Did you hear uh 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 yeah Biden wants credit if if gas goes down a cent or two a gallon, but if they go up well it had nothing to do with it, not his fault little song called Life Ain't Fair and the World is Mean bringing us back. Glad you are on board. We're off to the phone lines here. Quick point. Biden's approval ratings plummet to 18% with Hispanic voters. That's 18%. That's 1-8. Whoa. That is amazing. And, uh, yes, yeah, overall approvals are at, uh, sitting at 30%. Can you imagine how bad? I told you so. We told you so, didn't we? By the way, Joe Biden has come down with COVID, tested positive for COVID. We wish him a speedy recovery, of course. But I do notice this, and Shem Horn was pointing this out on Twitter, that when Trump got COVID as president, he's in the White The media freaked out. Oh, my gosh, Trump's in the White House. He has COVID. He's exposing fellow staffers. He's exposing, exposing people. This is the worst thing ever. Trump is so bad. He's acting like a king. Biden gets COVID. You get none of that. None of that. None of that negative, hysterical media coverage of it. Just. Pointing out the contrast. And it's years and years and years of that kind of thing on every single kind of issue. And there are some people who are just not strong enough. They don't have the mental fortitude to see through it and, uh, and you know, hang in there and be cool. So that's uh, warped. Too many people allowed all that warpage to have warped their own minds, but not around here. huh? Let's just say a little, a couple of hellos. And uh, I'm going to go in order. And uh, Peter, Peter, welcome to the program. Hey, Matt. Always good to be on Backbone Radio on Sunday. Honored to have you, sir. Welcome. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, some news you said you couldn't figure out what was up with Colorado. I've had this conversation with a few people. Uh, one talk show host on another station, and um, they insist that uh, Colorado is a purple
1: state, and I think it's a blue state, and it's real close to being a deep blue state. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. But, um, you know, I I do lament that Colorado has just not had a surplus of principled, good, strong Republican or conservative leadership. And uh, we're quite demoralized going back to, what, 2006, 2004, when uh, the blueprint was put into effect and the Democrat billionaires sort of ran the table. And uh, Republicans have never figured out how to respond to that. And, of course, we have the mail-in vote, which I think is just not helping anything Republican whatsoever. And so I think it's a kind of a demoralization and fundamentally some of the powers that be in the state of Colorado, the people that have bigger voices are the uh, rhino types and they're the, the, the never Trumper types. And it's most unfortunate and it is out of step with the rest of the country. And uh, maybe they think, you know, you can squeak in a, a Cory Gardner type a rhino type Republican and somehow that's going to do us some good. But I don't know how much go- how much good that even does us. It's better to. To build an America First uh, foundation and Republican Party here, and that's that's what I would have done if if I would have had influence in that in that arena, which which of course I should have more, but uh, I don't know. What do you think, Peter?
3: Yeah, well, that's what they're doing now, I mean, Heidi uh, Ginnell, you know, I vote for no way, and I was at the Conservative Western uh, Summit. No way, the base is voting for Hanks. And maybe not even this Anderson lady. I don't
0: know
1: quite enough about her yet. But I'm, you said Hanks. I haven't reached. Uh, I haven't reached you, you mean? Uh, oh, uh, 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 O'Day. Uh, O'Day. So yeah, you worry about O'Day, and uh, you know we'll see. No, I, don't know. Uh, I don't know if uh, O'Day is uh, going to follow the Corey Gardner sort of model or or what. But uh, yeah, people are liking Heidi Genall. I think people genuinely like Heidi gannal and. O'Day, I think he has to show a few things to get enough, uh, to, you know, he's got to engage the base. He's got to get supporters going. And so, uh, Hey establishment, you have... got, you got your candidates establishment. Let's see what you got. Let's, sh- let's show us how you do it.
3: You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're like, we're, like I said, I think we're about to turn deep blue and, um, well, I don't know. Colorado. Factor this in that, uh, that,
1: uh, Biden is blowing it so badly, and the Democrats are so disliked um, increasingly across this country, even in Colorado, that uh, I I think this state is on the table. And, uh, you know, some people say that just need some Republican who's non-offensive and and who just puts his name forward and, uh, you know, doesn't irritate anybody, and and that's all you need to win in this day and age, and we'll we'll find out, right?
3: Well, I think Colorado's got about as much chance as... uh turning red as california does I, I just don't see it. i'd love to be wrong but i just know well I,
1: I think you're a little too far negative on that in that virginia is the state that has similar voting dynamics and uh, virginia just got a republican <coughs> governor unfortunately he's a carlisle rhino guy but uh, at least you know he's nominally a republican <laughs> um, so maybe that's what well, they're carlisle, trying to do he here went, we'll see know, he went he went to carlisle no, he's a Carlyle uh, billionaire type uh, investor type. The Carlisle Group if you're familiar with how the uh, the big Con- money rollers are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh what's his name again? Glenn something. Some- anyway. Yeah, um but yeah, I, yeah, I you yeah, know, I Carl- but uh, I I you know, we got we got a chance to do something here and that's why I just say, hey, just vote Republican and you might not love everything about uh, at least our our Senate candidate, but let's just let's just do it. That's just my advice because Obviously, the alternative is is like just worse, and it's you know let's 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 try and do something. Let's steadily remake this party in the state into a, a MAGA America first party, and people like Randy Corpin are helping do that. So, at any rate, okay, well, yeah, okay. like they they they, they were like that in Arizona before Cheney was elected. <laughs> yeah. be, well, Peter, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, spread the word, man. Talk to you soon, and let's say hello to Miss Artis. hanging on a little bit. Miss Artist, how you been?
2: I have been fine, Matt. Um, I read a thing, uh, Tucker Carlson, I don't watch TV because I don't have one that works, but anyways, he was talking about how Obama told someone, I didn't get that whole thing, but that he would love to get a third term by sitting in his basement in his sweats and finding a front man that he could do all the directing and the front man would just say whatever he wanted him to say. And I kind of think that's what
1: happened. Does make you wonder, like, who's really in charge? And it sure isn't Biden. And it sure isn't uh, breakfast Rice, taco and- Jill Biden. And sure isn't mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. But, of course, they're going to, you know, use Biden to blame it all on him. The Democrats are going to blame all this bad stuff on him and say, oh, look, now we have this other candidate who's a Democrat who doesn't do any of that bad stuff that Joe Biden did. You see, they're, they're already prepping for well, that.
2: Well, and a— and Obama saying, I think when Joe was running, that you can count on Joe to mess everything. I mean, he used a different word, but to mess everything up. Yeah, that's better Joe. Better than anyone else. <laughs> and he is. He's, he's living up to. Oh, it's it's so bad, Artis. It's it's
1: just mm-hmm. awful, you know. And everybody knows it. Well, the Democrats he's know hands, it.
2: Well, shaking hands. Artis, your shaking hands with the air.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> with the Saudi, a fist bump with the Saudi, who he said was like well, a no. subhuman earlier, right? Oh, when yeah, he shook hands he with the was, air behind him. Yeah, that's just another example. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally scary. By the way, um, Joe Peggs had a very good um, kind of a talky thing, but on, on Latinas, it's hilarious if you want to look it up.
1: Okay. Well, maybe I'll just do that, artist. But um, yeah, I funny. think you asked a good question about who's really running the show. And Barack Obama, <laughs> remember when he uh, – Finished his last term, he stayed planted right in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And is he still the the king of the deep state? It, yeah, I I think a lot of people seriously think so. Seems, so mm-hmm. and it
2: seems that there be uh, that Joe is being loaded up on medication before he talks. Otherwise,
1: that's what Tucker Carlson says: good. is that they give mm-hmm. him pills before he speaks in public. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That Jill feeds him pills, and then he still goes yeah, out and screws yeah, up okay. whatever he says. So mm-hmm it's it's not a good yeah, this scene is,
2: oh it's and we look horrible to the world oh they're laughing at us we're giving away our strategic oil reserve
1: yeah selling it to china to That's, china yeah to a company that you uh think, that hunter had, has a stake in or at least had a stake in yeah. and we can never find out if he still does
2: well so. do we think that maybe the biden's owe china a little bit
1: well, yeah, I think a lot of people have leverage <laughs> over the Biden family. It's, you know, Hunter. Mm-hmm. And it's Ukraine. It's Russia. It's China, and it's you know, not good for our own national security and not good for world peace. And Joe Biden's the laughingstock in America. He's also a laughingstock around mm-hmm. the world. Everybody knows it. Bingo. Artists, ask your if you have any friends that voted for asking. How, how are they liking Biden now? I he, think he's great. Is he, oh, I don't. How, how have, they no,
2: I don't hang around with those people. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs>
1: You know, it's it's it's. I do think it's time to start to, uh, eh, gently, kindly rubbing it in a little bit, but yet uh, always saying, "Hey, come on over to the to the light. We're here yeah, with, with open arms, welcoming yeah. you."
2: <laughs> I'm not big on being gentle. I kind of
1: oh, uh, artists. Wall of Death by REM bringing us back. This is a two bumper song REM night. One of my all time favorite bands. And I'm off to the phone lines real quick. I Man, I am leaving so much on the table, the stuff I brought in. But I'd rather talk to people. But I just wanted to get one quick thing in about the World Economic Forum. My gosh, the, you know, the people that want you to eat bugs, own nothing, and live in your rented pod and watch your propaganda subscriptions and play video games. Those are the you – know, and Klaus Schwab needs to become the household villain name. Oh, my gosh. Is that guy like pure evil, folks? But Russell Brand, comedian, has been doing some stuff about the World Economic Forum. And I did a whole thing the last hour last week about World Economic Forum, screwing around with the world's food supply and energy supplies and screwing everything up. And uh, Russell Brand did the same exact thing that I did in the last hour. And I just thought I'd get a little bit of this. This is he is so funny. This dude is hilarious. You got to watch some of this Russell Brand stuff. A very uh, interesting thinker. This guy. I give him a lot of props for what he's doing.
5: Blah! Bloody farmers protesting, hating the environment. What is it? Are farmers all bastards or are we seeing the beginning of the Great Reset play out in real time? And to check whether or not that's a reality or a conspiracy theory, because we can never be sure. Let's check what Klaus Schwab, the inventor of the Great Reset, which is something he says himself, said in 2020. We have to prepare for a more angry world. Why? Why have we got to prepare for a more angry world? What's going to happen, Klaus, Like that's going to make the world more angry? We shouldn't be preparing for that. We should be trying to prevent it. We should be thinking about ways to share resources, empower ordinary people, coming to terms with the fact that some people identify in very progressive ways, some people identify in traditional ways, that the globalist culture is being rejected by everybody, that people are feeling disempowered, that no one trusts the agenda of these globalists, that when they say we're doing this for climate change, they don't believe them, that when They say we're doing this because we want equality between races or genders or sexualities. Don't believe them. It's all demonstrative. It's all phatic, assats, trickery to prevent ordinary people getting on with their lives and to further centralize corporate power and to make sure that the state operates essentially as the henchmen for corporate interests.
1: Man, is that A-plus stuff from Russell Brand? He used to be married to Katy Perry, the one that sang that roar song, hear me roar, and the firework tune and all that. My kids like some of their songs. And. Clown Schwab, man. I mean that that dude is bad news. You have to understand the WEF and what they're trying to throw the farmers off the farms and the Netherlands and they screwed up Sri Lanka so badly that both president and PM had to get the heck out of there because they're starving and they don't have any fuel. This is WEF kind of stuff, and they use climate change as their as their bastion, as their billy club to go around beating the middle and working classes around the world. And guess what? What percentage of people think that climate change is the number one most pressing issue in the world right now? And it's it's like, uh, guess what, 1%. It's stunning. New York Times, do you think the climate is the most important problem facing
0: the country? Total voters, 1%. (laughs) Among Democrats, 3%. Among voters age 18 to 30, 3%. percent Same poll had the economy at 20 and inflation at 15%. So
1: there you go. 1%. Of the population thinks that climate change is the number one issue. Of course, that's that's Klaus Schwab, the WEFs, and their global elite establishment's number one issue, which they use, again, as a billy club to, uh, yeah, confiscate farmers' land, get the stuff for them so you can own nothing so they can own it for you. And you'll be happy letting Klaus Schwab and his fellow evil villains own everything for you. And by the way, um, I just saw this. Uh, the UN is like some new partnership. The U.N. and with Klaus Schwab's W.E.F.? This afternoon, the Secretary
0: General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will sign a, Will witness the signing of a Memorandum of Understanding on a strategic partnership between the U.N. and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda. Oh,
1: that's just great, the 2030 Agenda. we got Klaus Schwab signing an agreement with the U.N., Who elected any of these people? Who elected Klaus Schwab? Who elected the World Economic Forum? Who elected the UN? Uh, No thank you to all of that, ladies and gentlemen, and no bugs. We're not going to eat the bugs. And just so you get one Klaus here. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names
0: like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. Penetrate. So yesterday I was at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau, and I know that Half of this cabinet, or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet, are for our, uh, actually young global leaders of the world. Right.
3: And that's true in Argentina, too. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's true in Argentina
0: as well. It's true in Argentina, and uh, it's true in France now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with
1: the president, with a young global leader, but... And what's the common denominator there? By the way, that's David Rodham Gergen. The establishment Deep State Gar Park salons from the United States of America interviewing Klaus Schwab, the villain. And, uh, oh, yeah, Argentina. They're big in the w- big protest in Argentina. You seen all that? Just talked to an Argentinian the other day. Their country is going down the tubes. Oh, France. Yeah, Macron. He's a big WEF young global leader. Oh, remember the Yellow Jacket protests? Oh, that's just great. Klaus says we have to prepare for a more angry population, a more angry world. Yeah, and I just read his book, The Great Reset, talks about the same thing. People are going to be angry. People are going to be all upset, and we have to somehow clobber them is basically what uh, what Klaus's agenda is. Why are they going to be angry, Klaus? Because you own everything, and they own nothing. Maybe they're not actually going to be happy. They're actually going to be angry. And by the way, the uh, Canada that we've penetrated the cabinet, we penetrated the cabinet of Canada. Good job, Klaus, you penetrating evil villain guy so he's penetrated the cabinet of Canada over half the cabinet is w remember they just invaded the bank accounts of the canadian truckers they're forcing them to get the vaccines you're going to yeah t- steal their money out of their bank accounts oh that was that's great canada and by the way canada officially this is from a journalist named real kian in canada trudeau's meeting with provincial agriculture ministers wrapped up yesterday he is moving forward with a 30% fertilizer reduction Farms will fail. Land will be purchased by billionaires in the government and people will starve. Farmers are rising up today in Canada. Good job, Canada. Good job. The Dutch farmers, we've been talking about their protest for a while. Anyway, just so you get the idea about what's going on in the world. I had to work that in. And let's get right to the phone lines here. Let's say hello to Brian in Arvada. Brian, welcome to the program, sir.
3: Hey, Matt, how you doing tonight? I'm, I guess
1: I'm on fire, you might say, tonight.
3: I'm ranking you the number one show. Is it iHeartRadio? Uh,
1: no, it's uh, Salem. Salem Media, Salem Broadcasting, which is better oh, okay. than iHeart. Well, you can find, find my podcast on iHeart. I we
3: iHeart at one point.
1: Well, we have po- our podcast could be found there.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we should uh, switch it around. Maybe you're going to do dentistry part-time. And maybe you can get the morning show so we all can tune in and listen to the truth. That would be awesome.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Teeth teeth are far more important than this political nonsense, Brian. You know that.
3: I know. But what are you thinking <laughs> on the reset or the awakening? What wins? Matt, tell me what wins. Tell me the awakening, please.
1: Yeah, let's have the awakening win. That's, that's, where, uh, that's where the vast majority of humanity is, and eventually we'll find a way through. But it ain't going to be easy, Brian.
3: We're going to oh, need some I know, fearless you know, people. De- I, I I want somebody to call in that's a Democrat, okay, and, and defend this. This is the Democratic utopia. Drive a beaten up car. Don't wear jewelry. Eat lentils. No, you don't get a car. Back into your parents' home. You don't get a car. Kill your baby. You eat lentils. Sexualize your kindergartners. You now, eat who bugs. Who's going to support that?
1: Yeah, that's it's it's such fringe <laughs> lunatic stuff. That it's hard to imagine that ever taking hold, but uh, they've got seriously concentrated power in the media and the banking and the investment world. So anyway. Have you
3: ever noticed every time that Garland speaks, his voice shakes like he's not even a good liar. His voice is like nervous. He's shaking. The guy's a mess. And that Christopher ray they're literally sitting on names of people that molested children.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's the Epstein stuff. We would
3: take that kind of pretty seriously. You know, you don't want to ask my child, you're probably going to get your head beaten in. But today, I guess it's kind of cool if you're a Democrat. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Democrats like that freaky stuff, apparently. But, uh, you know, if they actually knew what was going on, they could penetrate the fog of propaganda. They would back out of that just the way Hispanics are backing out of the Democratic Party. They're 18 percent approvals for Biden. And so you just it's just hard to fool people for that long with this. Nutty nutty stuff, Brian.
3: Well, you know, if you have people that are leading you that are protecting child molesters, guys, that should be a no go right off the bat. But I gotta I gotta give one last word to the great American Eric.
1: Isn't he great? He is
3: actually right because he has no he has no way to talk to Peter. Peter needs to just ride off in the sunset. You don't represent us no more. Have a good night.
1: Well, Brian, thank you for checking in, sir. It's Backbone Radio. It's Matt Dunn. One more segment. If you're on the lines, I'll get right to you when we come back. John Cash bringing us in with the old account, one of my favorite sacred songs to be bringing in for our last sacred segment of every Sunday installment of Backbone Radio and prayers. Prayers. Keep on praying. As caller Joe, female Joe, earlier in the show said, prayer is powerful, and we just say keep on praying and we've got a lot, a lot going on in this country that is a disaster right now. Uh, prayers have to be a part of the solution. Off to the phones, one quick point. CIA, Chuck Woolsey, former director, jokes around about how the CIA meddles in the elections of other countries.
5: Have we ever tried to meddle in other countries' elections?
1: Oh, probably.
0: But uh, it was for the good of the system in order to avoid the uh, communists from taking no. over. For example, in Europe... Uh, uh, in 47, 48, 49, uh, the Greeks and the Italians, we we don't do that CIA. now, though. We
2: don't mess around in other people's
5: well,
0: elections, Jeff.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> only for a very good <laughs> Can cause. Can you do
5: that? to a Vine video on uh, former CIA Director. Only for
0: a very good cause in okay. the interests of democracy.
5: All right, thanks for being here. It's always oh, great to
1: see CIA Woolsey joking around. Do you hear the people laughing about, well, the CIA medals in other countries' elections? It's okay when we do it. And by the way, how much of a leap is it? For the CIA to meddle in other countries' elections versus meddling in our own. How much of a leap is that? They're already turning the powers of the national security establishment against the domestic threat, as Cheney calls it, against the American people. Hmm. Just throwing that one out there. Make sure you watch, by the way, the Trump or the Tucker Carlson segment on the 1965 Immigration Act and how that essentially radically transformed this country and is putting it on the verge of societal collapse. Make sure you watch that. It's over on Backbone Radio Twitter. President Trump at his rally. Here was the key point, the massive packed house, Arizona rally, and this one hits home to me. If I
0: renounced
1: my beliefs,
0: and if I agreed to stay silent, and if I stayed home and took it easy, If I announced that I was not going to run any longer for political office, the persecution of Donald Trump would immediately stop. You know that, right? Immediately stop. They would go on to the next victim. But that's not what I do. I can't do that. I can't do that. Can't do
4: that.
1: Because I love this country and I love you. I love you. There we go. Every word of that hits home, folks. Think about it. Think about the pathos in that statement there. And you saw the audience reaction. You heard it at any rate. Really quick on that national security establishment turning inward against the American domestic
2: threat. Darren Beatty. As ridiculous as the whole, you know, January 6th issue seems The stakes are very high and are no laughing matter at all. This is going to be the dominant narrative that the regime uses to fully facilitate the reconfiguration of the national security state against us, to weaponize the national security powers of the United States. Against us. There's so much at stake here. And given how much is at stake, it's really scandalous, not only how few Republicans are even drawing attention to it. So I have to always you know, commend you're one of the handful of stalwarts of firebrands, really, who's brave enough and discerning enough and intelligent enough to understand what the stakes are and why it's important and to draw attention to this issue. And but yes, beyond a handful, that's a uh, brave
1: pause that if I can. There we go. You get the idea. They're turning the national security apparatus against the American people, folks. They want to get rid of the Second Amendment. Don't ever let that happen. they are going to confiscate the farms. If it's happening over there, if they want to get rid of half the cattle in the Netherlands, Trump said this also, that you're next. You're next, farmers. You're next, American people. You're next. Eva Vlardingerbrook says, you've got your Second Amendment in America. You have to use everything in your power to keep and sustain and maintain that, or you are sitting ducks, people. All right, now let's uh, let's say some hellos, and Reb, Reb in Lakewood, sorry we're shorter on time, but welcome aboard, and thanks for hanging in a minute. Yo, this is U.S. Pentagon first
4: team, Bubba Scout, Reb. I'm Reb, the other two are holding out, and we're going to go forward with our plan. But in 2013, the sheep herders sabotaged this state. They were they didn't understand. They were took over the to local level by the United Nations. They wanted to pull out, have a 51st state. We told them, no, you isolate and control the urban corridor with military quarantine. We're at the top of the Pentagon, U.S. public law, one We're not concerned. We're
0: damn liberals, us, three of us. We
4: write it, Three unknowns at Jerkwater USA. Like they said in Texas, them sheep herders, they don't know anything about anything they chew the grass up and the cows only eat the leaves there was the rain for over that
1: but yeah what well, we do is reb, let me just say stuff. reb i am trying to follow you but i say thank you for your contribution tonight i wouldn't wasn't quite able to follow all of that and let's say hello to johnny johnny in denver thank you for checking in johnny
4: yeah i'd like to tip my hat to you and your producer i love those sound bites
1: Oh right on, right on yeah it's it's a committee effort to get all of our sound bites we've got we've got the best audio and radio right here amen
4: all right now i uh, I just heard something on this um I, I viewed this thing called reacted on YouTube, and it was they were saying, okay, back in nineteen seventy you know that Nixon he uh, disengaged our dollar with the gold,
1: Yep, Bretton went, Woods. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah,
4: then he went over to China and then he made that deal with China, and then everything started made in china so uh, what i hear now is that uh, russia and china got together and they're going to reconnect their currency with the uh gold and silver and while our money is connected to
1: the paper yep floating fiat currency uh it's interesting that the ruble seems to be doing quite well after all these sanctions Mm -hmm. and after all that's been going on and china seems to be uh pushed ever closer towards russia china and russia seem to be closer than ever and uh biden's foreign policy is a joke and by the way the mainstream media is flipping their narrative all of a sudden big time on ukraine there's something talking about ukraine corruptions really bad oh all this corruption over there as we send them (laughs) countless billions of dollars give me a break folks and this is one we've been on ukraine from the get-go and just watch this thing play out what a mess yeah
4: yeah and and then also the last the last one is um Clarence Thomas. Um, I, I watched this film last night, you know, just because I said I want to refresh my mind on on uh, on the storyline uh, uh, created equal. Um, and then I, I got something in my mailbox today saying that they took it off Amazon.
1: now I know, you know, they they do this. Um, they took it off Amazon on Clarence Thomas's birthday. That's like more in your face, what slap in the face stuff. They take the biopic of Clarence Thomas off of Amazon on his birthday. Even that's. That's, oh, okay. that's the I didn't even... <laughs> the nasty people that are running this country, the tech tyrants and the folks on top. Or they love those kind of slaps and those kind of insults. And uh, yeah, they're calling him Uncle Clarence. That was trending on Twitter after the Roe v. Wade overturning decision. And yeah, Corinne Jean Pierre calls him uh, Judge Thomason. So she doesn't even know like his actual name. Not great, don't you think? You know,
4: I don't think that's good at all. And I just think that, you know, each of us in our small world, we just have to keep uh, reminding people, um, you know, get out the vote, but not only get out the vote, but uh, become a poll watcher, become a, a poll judge, because in my district, which I'm, I'm running District 5 here in Denver, only two, two, maybe one Republican shows up to to be a, a poll watcher or judge with with nine others, Democrats. So we, we just have to keep encouraging our neighbors who are Republicans? Right on. Johnny, so you're,
1: you're a poll watcher in District 5 in Denver?
4: No, I'm running for uh, HD5 against
1: Alice Valdez. Oh, well, what, what's your last name, Johnny? It's uh, Johnson. Johnny, Johnny Johnson. Johnny Johnson. Okay. Uh, District 5 in Denver. Any listeners in that area? Um, you sound pretty darn cool to me, Johnny. Uh, Johnny Johnson running in District 5 in Denver. Uh I think that's a that's a definite yes vote from, from our community. Thank you very much, Johnny, for checking in. Here's the end of the show. Unfortunately, we're just getting warmed up. Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, Javier, the boom boom behind the glass. We'll see you next Sunday. What a great program.